1: Welcome to Eurograts Express. I'm your host Neil David and we are back once again to talk about all the exciting events on the British and European wrestling scene. And in this episode we're going to talk about what is quite possibly the most exciting event that has ever happened on the British and European wrestling scene. One of the biggest wrestling shows of all time is next weekend. So we're obviously dedicating the whole thing to a massive preview. We're going to look at every single day, every single show. Anything wrestling adjacent or related that's happening around London next weekend, as part of the build up to All In, and then obviously we're going to preview All In itself. I'm kind of trying to get myself a little bit excited as well. It, it, it doesn't seem like it's 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 hit me yet that it's actually happening, and uh, I mean I, I don't know really what to do. I was I was thinking this morning that I should probably get ready and prepare for it. Um, so I watched Collision. And that was about it, really. I just kind of sat there. What I'm, I didn't know whether to buy a T-shirt, but I feel I'm a, I'm a little bit old for wrestling T-shirts now. I don't know if that's like a bit of a thing that happens. Like, I've got a load of Bullet Club T-shirts from, I don't know, seven years ago or whatever, because I thought they were really cool. But at the minute, I... I I don't know, I can't see myself wearing wrestling t-shirts anymore. I'm more a fan of of, of knitwear in my my old age. So actually what I did was, I thought, well I've got to do something um, to to, to show that I'm preparing. So I went to Decathlon and I bought a backpack that is also a cool bag. So you can put freezer, like ice blocks in it and put my butties in it for the journey. So I'll go and get some fancy cheese from Worsley stores up the road and... um, yeah, I've got that. That's about That's about all I can do. I, I, I've i booked everything. I I feel like there's something that I'm missing, but I need this. I need this show to get me excited. So, as I say, this is going to serve as a bit of a, an information thing, I suppose, as much as anything. Uh, if you listen to the show for the first time, we normally review shows. We talk about wrestling. We do a little bit of previewing. We talk a lot about cheese. Uh, but today, this is going to be all about information, getting you excited, getting you knowledgeable about that all-in weekend Um, A lot of the stuff and the information that I'm getting is from VoicesOfWrestling.com. And on the right-hand side, you'll see an All In Weekend 2023 event schedule map. So uh, lots and lots of great information on there. Was it Griffin that did this? I feel like I I can't remember. I think it was Griff. Um, Griffin Peltier. Uh, I'll double-check that. I'm fairly sure it was. Uh, But it's great. Anyway, it's fantastically put together. And you've got everything you need. In one place, get it up on your phone for when you're out and about. Uh, we'll go through each day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's loads going on each day, um, and hopefully, you can come up with your own little path to greatness. Uh, I'll be honest, my path to greatness is Rev Pro and All In. I've not really thought about very much outside of that, uh, so hopefully, we'll see something exciting here. So, let's get started. Let's talk about what's happening on Friday, August 25th. Okay, so if you're one of the early birds getting down and you want to see absolutely everything, you need to get down on Friday, August twenty fifth, because Riot Cabaret Pro Wrestling are doing a show called All Singing, All Dancing. And I thought it was a typo, but it's not. It's All Singing, All Dancing. They've done capital letters for I and N uh, to link it into All In. Uh, it's at the Clapham Grand. Bell time six thirty. Um, you might know Riot Cabaret from the Twitter. Um, it's where I mainly know them from, to be honest with you, because they recently brought back Mr. Blobby. Uh, they were the promotion that did that. And if, you, if you listen to the show where we talked about that, you'll know what my feelings are on bringing back Mr. Blobby. I feel like it's one of those things that... I, I'm mid-30s, mid to late 30s, and I remember vaguely Mr. Blobby in real time. I remember my mum and dad would get the camping table out and put it in the living room and we'd have TV in the living room one night a week on a Saturday. And it was, you know, Gladiators, Knowles House Party, Casualty, or whatever was on. Gladiators, fantastic. Knowles House Party, abysmal. Even when I was six or seven years old, I recognised that it was an awful television programme with absolutely nothing about it to redeem it. And then they'd have this big Pink thing come along and make stupid noises that didn't even have the decency to not record a single. And he recorded the single, and we all had to listen to it, and kids had to shout it in primary school at you all the time because it was a bit chubby. So maybe it's, it's bringing back bad memories, Riot Cabaret Pro Wrestling, but. Um, yeah, they brought back Mr. Blobby. But what I'm saying is, I think maybe some of these people are too young to remember what it was actually like to live through Mr. Blobby. And that's why they've just brought him back willy-nilly. They've Like a Lazarus Pit, they've awoken the beast and brought him back. But luckily, like anything, he didn't catch on, did he? He was around for two seconds. Um, in terms of the card, he looks all right. Uh, he's, he's, he's very much a standard Brit rest card. I don't think if you're debating over what time to get into London. I don't think there's anything on here to particularly draw you in. Um, The opening match is Session Moth uh, and Charles Crowley against the Greedy Souls. Uh, Obviously, we love the Greedy Souls on this show. They've been great in Rev Pro. I think that Session Moth, Martina and Charles Crowley, that tag team, that is going to be a a special corner of wrestling hell, isn't it? Um, To say that's not my style of wrestling... If you don't know if you're flying in, it's silly wrestling. You know, very. It's not even innuendo, is it? It's the sort of sense of humor that those two do. I think that's why I don't like it. I'm not a prude. I'm not against them making, you know, like like innuendo or being clever with it or something like that. It's just it's just weird and cringy and a bit and a bit kind of outdated. I think now. Um, it, it felt a little bit strange when people like Session Moth were doing it ten you know, seven years ago, whenever it was. And now it just feels like a joke that's been told over and over again for far too long. Um, this one's got Nina Samuels uh, against Danny Luna, which I think would be quite a good one. I think Nina Samuels is all right. And I really like Danny Luna as well. I think her running rev pro has done a wonders. At, at, um, and the subculture thing that she's involved in now is great. Um, then we've got a name I've not heard in a long time. Bowler Armour, uh, Splits McPinn and Lloyd Cat. Were they from like the attack days years ago? Attack. I don't know if they're back. I thought he dropped the splits. The splits McPin. I'm trying to be serious about it. I. I was. I'm not a Shikara guy. I'm not a weird gimmick sort of fella. Um. The, I, if I remember rightly, Splits McPins. His gimmick is that he owns a bowling alley. Uh, just nonsense to me. Uh, there against Tate Mayfairs and James Ellis. Um, Then we've got Sapphire Reed against Livy Grace. Now, Sapphire Reed is one to watch, I think. She's very, very young. Um, She's very inexperienced, but she's doing a lot of work in very small promotions down south, and I've seen her have some great matches. In fact, we talked about one last week. Uh, She had the match against Maya Matthews for purpose. Um, and it was really, really good. Uh, Livy Grace, I don't know. I know her face, but I can't picture a match. But I, I think Sapphire Reed is is an interesting prospect, and I, I, I think she's definitely one to watch. Um, the main event of this is Sunshine Machine. Uh, it's Chuck Manbo and TK Cooper against Jay Joshua and Nico Angelo. Obviously, those two. Um, Standard Brit rest guys, really good, you know, solid hands. Uh, I know Nico Angelo does a lot of work in TNT and I've seen him and I've been impressed. So I think that match could be quite good. I think there's some good stuff on this match. It's kind of 50-50, isn't it? It's like the way with a lot of typical Brit rest shows. You might have a couple of great matches, but then you've got to sit through a load of rubbish. Um, Not Riot's best card. I mean, they've put stuff on recently like... Michael Oku against um, Robbie X was really good. I think Michael Oku had a match against Callum Newman, if I remember rightly, um, that was really good. Um, but they don't really seem to have put the best foot forward for this this card, really. So it looks okay. You know, if, if you're about, it might be worth watching, but it's nothing there to grab me. Um... If you're looking for a bit of entertainment on Friday, you know, you obviously you've got everything that that London has to offer. We've all seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks. We've all seen Portobello Road Market where the riches of ages are sold with people dancing and singing. Um, You know, if if that's not for you, you could go and see Fozzie instead at the O2 Forum Forum in Kentish Town. does anybody like Fozzy who doesn't like wrestling? He's like one of the really weird bands that if Chris Jericho wasn't in them, no one would go and see them. Um, again, you know, this might be for you. I struggle to like things, ironically. I find I either like things or I don't. I don't have a T-he bone in my body, really. Um, and I get that Judas is a fun, ironic song that we all kind of has being good and we sing along and it's, it's a great one to sing with your mates when Chris Jericho's coming out and I get that. I choose not to participate, but I get it. I don't know if I want to go see it through a Fossy gig. He might be different, though. It's there. So that's Friday. Pretty quiet. I'm going to be driving down on the Saturday, to be honest with you. So I'll be, I'll be I'm spending my Friday night playing Warhammer against a friend of mine. He's bought the uh, the Assassins. So I'm going to go see what they do. So we'll be driving down on the Saturday morning. Um, so let's get on to that then. Let's talk about what my options are on the Saturday. Okay, so our first show on the Saturday is an offering from Defy from uh, over in Seattle, Washington. Uh, they're flying over and doing a joint show uh, with Progress. That's where the sort of the rub is a little bit with this, because I think this card looks really good. The problem is that you sort of having to buy it as a double bill. You can't just buy tickets for the Defy show. You have to buy tickets for the Defy show starting at twelve and then the Progress show starting at 4, which is going head-to-head with Red Pro. Now, to me, and I think to most listeners of this show, it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. And I think they have might have shot themselves in the foot a little bit because I don't know about you, but if I could just buy tickets to the Defy show, I would, I would really consider this. You know, it, it feels like there's a lot of big stars on this, a lot of interesting matches made which we'll talk about in a second but i'm not gonna have that instead of the red pro show the red pro show to me weirdly i think is the is the biggest draw of the weekend at the minute <laughs> i think it's so well it's not it's all in isn't it obviously but it's the it's the show that i'm most excited about if that makes sense um but the defy show looks really good it's the splendid of the vial um it's on at 12 o'clock midday at the electric ballroom um You've got Nick Wayne, he's there. Nick Wayne against KC Navarro, which I don't know KC Navarro, to be honest with you, but I think Nick Wayne's really good. Um, you've got the Defy PNW Championship, Shaft against Gabe Kid. he's there. Gabe Kid's always exciting. Uh, you've got the Women's Championship, Vert Vixen against Hayen. Now, Vert Vixen, I don't really know. Hayen, I do. Hyan does a lot of work in sort of the Brit rest scene. Uh, she does a lot of work in Red Pro in particular and even and places like that. She's on a really good run at the minute. I was always a little bit funny about Hayen. She was never my favorite wrestler in the world, to be completely honest We have I felt like whenever she was used in things, especially in Red Pro, it felt like she was just sort of squeezed into programs. So you'd have a program with um, someone like Giselle Shaw and Zoe Lucas, and then you'd always just have Hayen there in the background. Um, and then it was the same recently. You know, you've got all this, you know, Alex Windsor and Sky Smithson and people like that, and then they just sort of shove Hayen in. Um, but she's really coming to her own and I think she's, she's looking really good. So, you know, worth going down and seeing, I guess, if you, if you're interested, there's the tag team championship, the Bollywood boys against sunshine machine. I think that could be okay. Um, I quite like Sunshine Machine. I've been very critical of them recently, actually. I, I think I'm just a little bit bored of them in Red Pro uh, because Red Pro have told the story. But whenever you see them somewhere else, they're always really good. I mean, they're dynamic, they're fast, they do all sorts of cool flips and that kind of thing. Um, and obviously, so do the Bollywood boys. So I think that's that's worth a watch. Um, and the headline of this is for the Defy Championship. It's Kenta. Yes, that Kenta against Mark Haskins which is pretty cool. Um, That does mean that Kenta is in that London uh, all in weekend. Um, He's not booked on the Red Pro Show. And you've got to think he's coming over to England to do more than just main event, the electric ballroom, which is the small progress venue. You've got to think he's doing more than that. I mean, what's going to happen at the end of CM Punk's match? Is CM Punk going to need a challenger, do you think? Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Who knows? Um, I, I don't know anything, but I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I said it in the in the way then that suggests I've got some kind of insider information, like I'm I'm Dave Meltzer getting DMs from, from Ken to tell him he's booking plans. I very much haven't. I'm just being a sausage. Uh, but that match should be okay. Uh, Mark Haskins is... I, th- I think he's good. I think he's... Probably past his best, and he has been for a while, and I don't think his best was particularly brilliant. He's had a very storied career, a very long career, and he's certainly a solid veteran hand, who I think is in a position to get a really good match out of Kenta. Um, I know he's managed by Vicky Haskins, his wife, and they're a bit of a double act, so I think with the way Kenta um, is with his body and needing a little bit like of a slower pace and that kind of thing... Um, they might be in a good position to tell a decent story at 2 o'clock we've got the first of two Eve Choco Pro shows Um, so the first one I think, this is very very bizarre how they're advertising this because I can't really find proper cards here um, for this one Um, I think to be completely honest with you, a lot of it you know, so if you're a Choco Pro fan and you're in London, you're going to know about this show and you're going to want to go to it regardless, aren't you? And I have to be honest, I don't know a great deal about these cards. Um, Josh is very much not in my wheelhouse. It's not something that I've ever taken the time uh, to go away and, and investigate in any kind of great detail. Um, they've done announced some talent, so you've got uh, Masa, Hero, uh, Takanashi, who I know from DDT. Um, is there, Nina Samuels is there, um, Marika Kabashi, um, Mia Yamashita, uh, Mei Segura, and uh, Chieko Koishikawa. I, I, I don't know why I'm struggling so much with these. I, I'm usually okay with my Japanese pronunciation, so I apologise for absolutely butchering those. Um, I recognise a few of these faces and a few of these names. I know these are people that, that a lot of people get really excited about. And I, Like I say, I think if if Choco Pro and Joshi and that kind of world is, is is your bag, you're going to know about it and you're going to have your tickets. So um, I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, then at four o'clock, it's the Copper Box. And I think the show that I've been most excited about Or certainly this weekend, but I can't remember the last time I got this excited about going to a live wrestling show. I think it was either Royal quest or watching two shades jet fashion against Steve Bin man, uh, in Hindley for grand pro. I don't know both fantastic shows, but this one I think is absolutely unbelievable. Um, there's so much on this card to get excited about. Um, we will check in in a minute uh, and have a look at the uh, Rob Reed's latest update for the um, for the uh, for, for the attendance and things like that. But let's look at the card first because this is absolutely packed. Um, there's a pre-show battle royal um, for the women's number one title contendership, which. Uh, there's Alexis Falcon, Chantel Jordan, Sapphire Reed, and they're going to announce a few more people. I don't know anybody. I imagine people like Ava White and people like that are going to be in there. Um, I think it's a great way to get people on the card. Um, you know, I, th- I think that's going to be going to be interesting as as people sort of filing in. Uh, the first proper match. It's a little bit of a funny one. It's a repro undisputed British cruiserweight title six way scramble match. Now this was built in a bit of a strange way. I was talking in the office chat earlier on about how bizarre it is that Andy has this Andy Quilden has this really weird obsession with weight and people's weight and who's a cruiserweight, who's a heavyweight, who's making themselves heavy. Um at the last show on the on the build to this, which we'll review at the end if we get time. Uh but the last show. They had Shah Samuels literally weighing in. Um, and they kept pointing out that there was no cruiserweight uh, match on this show. Um, so what they've done in the end is basically done this joke with with Connor Mills where they've said, Oh, would you be happy to face Wild Boar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not facing Sha Samuels because he's too heavy. He's like, oh, would you be happy to face um, Robbie X? Yeah, I'd be happy to face Jordan Brakes. Would you be happy to face Well, it's like, oh, you are facing them all. And it's a six-way scramble. Which I actually think would be a good match. I think it will be. I think it'll be really exciting. I mean, like I say, you look at Sha Samuels, Wild Boar, Robbie X, Jordan Brakes, Callum Newman. I'm thinking Robbie X and Newman in particular to bring the really exciting, fast, high paced, high flying stuff. You know, Callum Newman, the Prince of Pace, is, is Osprey's prodigy, basically. Um, prodigy? Prodigy? I don't know. I'm mixing up my words. Um, and then Sha Samuels is Sha Samuels. Jordan Breaks is um, kind of a throwback wrestler, a very technical technical based wrestler uh, who's got a great charisma to him, he's, he's he's got a very sort of competition based mindset uh, does a lot of great holds really exciting stuff and then Wild Boar is your bruiser kind of like your, 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 your bruiser weight style wrestler um, the reason why I think I'm a little bit disappointed about it because I think something like this has got Maybe not Gentleman's Three, but kinda of like the Gentleman's Three and a Half. You know, where you just switch off, you're excited by the action and, and, and you enjoy it. And that's obviously fine. Like I like those matches. I'm not a snob about being excited watching wrestling. Of course I'm not. But I think Connor Mills' strengths are in telling stories. And I think Connor Mills at the minute is my favourite wrestler in Britrest. I think the way he's working at the minute is absolutely fantastic. He's got this grumpy bruiser, this angry little man persona down to an absolute T, and he's so good at it. Like There was a match at the Portsmouth show, and he's just doing little kicks as he walks past people. So he'll get you on the floor, he'll walk away to position the next move, but then he'll just boot you. It's not going to get you anywhere near a pinfall. It's not going to do you any damage or anything like that. He's just doing it to be a dick. And he's got that air about him that's so good. And you can just tell really good stories with. And I think my issue is, is that this Cruiserweight title should be really important. I think they they need a... Proper secondary title rev pro because what they do quite often is they want these big main events with your new japan stars using that connection and i completely understand why they do that it's not, well it's not even a case of understanding it it's meant that they do it. it's great and they should do it and if you can get suzuki or tanahashi or um great okan to hold your belt of course you should take that opportunity of course you should but then you have to accept that when you give your belt to one of them or an Osprey, that they're going to fly away and they're going to not be in the country and not defending it for months at a time. So do that, but then have someone like Connor Mills and Robbie X telling proper stories over this Cruiserweight title and not just having it as the fun match on the, um, on the card. And the fact that they basically ignored the Cruiserweight title in all the preparation from the Copper Box until the other day I mean, to be fair, it should have been sooner. They they had a show and someone got killed outside the venue and they had to postpone it with like the just awful situation. Uh, but it would have been the last show, is what I'm It doesn't matter. It's not like there was a show gonna be another show. It's just the, the the go home show was when they sorted out what was gonna happen with the cruiserweight title. And I think that's that's such a shame because Connor Mills is capable of having A brilliant singles match. Especially if you put some juice behind it. And I really don't think that Andy Quilden. Has done much of that in the build up to the Copper Box. I don't feel like he's built to a show. He's booked a really exciting series of matches. And that's why I'm excited about it. And there's so much stuff on here. that I, I said at the start. I'm more excited about this show than ever before. Than any other show. But I still think he's missed a massive trick, and it's in places like this, that this is a huge weekend for RevPro, that it's their biggest show they've ever put on. It's the biggest show. You know, they've sold. The last time I looked, let me have a look at Robin Reed. Uh, if you go on his Twitter, by the way, um, R-Double, um, he's put it on, so it's the R-Double. He puts it all up on there about the... Um, about the attendance, but it just feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity when you look at things like this. So on August the 1st, they've sold 2,608 tickets. They've got 4,000 remaining. So I certainly 2,700, 800, very, very good chance they'll get to the 3,000 mark. It's a show with a lot of eyes on it. It's a show with a lot of people who are just going to block this weekend out to watch wrestling. A lot of walk-up. I don't know. Let's go through the rest of the card and then we'll decide if he's if he's really dropped the ball. Um, it's not, I'm not saying it's bad at any point, this match. I, I think it's going to be a good match. I just think it could have been a lot more. Next, we've got JJ Gale against Kosei Fujita. There is a story to this one. I like it. The story is basically that um, J.J. Gale eliminated Zack Sabre Jr. from a battle royal. Um, J.J. Gale quite rightly thinks he then should get a match against um, Zack Sabre Jr. And Zack Sabre said, beat my young boy first. So a nice little thing uh, to get um, J.J. Gale on the card. And that's the kind of story that I want as well. Like, I'm not asking for a big Oku Mills epic. I'm not necessarily, I mean, that was great, but I'm not asking for that. It's just that little bit of thought, that little bit of nice, logical planning to make a really exciting setup. Um,. If you've never seen J.J. Gale, he's an incredibly exciting wrestler. Uh, he's trained down in Portsmouth, and he's getting a lot of work in RevPro. Pro. He's not a young boy there, a contender or anything. He's a fully-fledged member of the roster, but they're building him up really slowly. And, and Revpro Pro have got this fantastic bunch of young stars. There's a lot of people, young stars, who are doing a lot of great work for Repro at the minute, who aren't on this card, and they've picked JJ Gale to get a singles match. And I don't think that's a fluke. I think a lot of people have been really excited, and rightly so, by Leon Slater. A lot of people have been blown away and really, really impressed by um, Cameron Kai. And I absolutely have been too. But there's something about JJ Gale. I think that if I was going to pick one to push, now it would be him. I really do. Maybe Leon Slater, because Leon Slater, he's got a little bit more of that international thing. Like he's over with GCW at the minute, isn't he? I saw an amazing, he did this move. It's just a gif. I've not seen the match, but he's doing work with GCW and he did a swanton into a 450. So it looks like he's doing a swanton until he's halfway over. Then just does a full flip. Although It looks incredible. So, yeah, maybe he's the guy. But it says a lot that they put him in the singles match here. And obviously, it's not headlining. It's the third match on the card against a young boy from New Japan. But that's not nothing. That's not nothing, is it? Now, talking of exciting young wrestlers, this next match, I think, could be the sleeper of the weekend. There's a lot of good stuff going on, but this is the one that I think... People might gloss over and they might ignore, but it might be the one that, that that people like me are going. No, you need to you need to go back and watch this. It's Dan Maloney against Leon Slater. I don't think any company is doing as well with young raw talent as Red Pro at the minute. And what they're doing with Leon Slater is absolutely unbelievable at the moment. Um, I know he's exciting worldwide. But it's the same with Dan Maloney as well, isn't it? They've just got these two to the point where they're so, so exciting. Leon Slater had a match at the last big show um, against Will Ospreay at the at York Hall. And it was a really good match. You know, it was kind of the flippy match, wasn't it? It was the match where he could go out and show us what he could do on a big stage in front of loads of different people. And it was great. But what I like about this match with Dan Maloney is this is kind of going to be the story match. And it's still going to have... I mean, it's Leon Slater, isn't it? It's still going to have the flips. I, I keep talking to people about this spot from that Osprey match, where Osprey kind of did a hidden blade leaping through the air, as Leon Slater was leaping towards him, and they kind of met in midair and just he was the most incredible spot I've seen all year. Leon Slater could do amazing things, but there's just a little bit of juice to this story, where... Um, Dan Malone is really annoyed with Leon Slater because he doesn't feel like he's been given the proper respect. You know, Leon Slater, he's basically clearly jealous, but doesn't want to admit it. You know, that Leon Slater's going on to have this amazing international career that looks like his career trajectory is going to just zoom straight past Dan Malone. Here. And he's saying, basically, remember where he came from. And then Leon Slater's basically said that it was me that made you, you were forgotten you were on your way out, you were down in the dumps, you didn't know where you were going your career had no direction, it was being around young people like me that got you back into the game and I I love stories like that I think more wrestling stories should just be able to be sort of succinctly put in a sentence like that, just a very real conflict, a very real human conflict that you could just explain in a second I, I think Red Pro, when they get it wrong, they really get it wrong. But there are times like this when they get it so, so right. And as exciting as I am about the JJ Gale match, I think this one is going to be the one. I think this is the match, yeah, these more obvious ones, you know, like the, the main event of this show, that are going to be your more spectacular matches that we're going to throw stars at. But this has got the chance to be an absolutely unbelievable match. And I, I, I really, really can't wait to see it. It seems to be that the bad stories at Red Pro are inherently linked to titles, because the next one is the Red Pro Undisputed British Women's Title, and it's a three-way now. It's Alex Windsor against Mickey James against Hagen I'm going to say that again, just just in case you missed anything and you, you you know you thought I I stuttered or or you, you see what you think's weird. Alex Windsor against Mickey James against Hayen. Where's Mickey James come from? I don't understand it just out the blue. Alex Windsor's already beaten Hayen. I mean she cheated, I guess, and she had a I think it was live in London, wasn't it, the other week? It was well yeah, it was the other week, it wasn't that long ago. Um but we're just gonna do it again, but with Mickey James. I really, really hope this is just a proper match. It's a th- I'm not a big three way or four way guy. Um, I just like one on one or tag team matches. That's just I'm just that sort of fan. Um, I, I'm not three ways have a harder time sort of winning me over because there's always that immediate desire, that immediate instinct to just do the three-way stuff, you know, where one person rolls out the ring and the other two people have them, um, just actually have the match for a while, and then we just kind of end up having this weird three singles matches just on kind of a, a, a nightmare shuffle, um, and I, I, I really suspect that's, that's what's going to happen here, then Alex Winter is going to do some awful cheating towards the end. I'm really, really disappointed with how this Alex Windsor run is going. I think the story they had was absolutely perfect. That Alex Windsor unfortunately got injured and it was a shame because she was on a red-hot run, big baby face, everybody liked her, having great matches, um, and they wanted to do this thing where they um, sort of, uh, what's the word when they combine titles? There's a word you screaming at me, you know what I'm like, I forget. They wanted to combine the Southside and the Red Pro Women's title. Alex wins just the, the Women's uh, Red Pro Women's title. She gets injured, and it left Danny Luna to have this great establishing run with the Southside's Women's title. And obviously, it led to them having a match where they were going to unify that unify. They were going to unify that title. The problem was they ended up doing it as a big four-way elimination match, an epic encounter, against Sky Smiths and Daniel Luna and Hayen. They took the title off Daniel Luna a couple of weeks before that, that match anyway. And then Alex Windsor turned heel in the worst possible way by going you know, proper, this was always the real me, I don't need your support anymore kind of heel shenanigans. And I don't understand why they've gone down this route with the women's division. Like to me, shouldn't you have just had Alex Windsor face Danny Luna? Keep it on Danny Luna because she was great and she deserved it. Either I would have, I personally would have had Danny Luna win because I think you had a new star there in her. I think you had an opportunity to really make her. She got on the precipice, and I think beating Alex Windsor would have been in a one-on-one match would have been that final thing. And if you want to turn Alex Windsor heel, do it. Don't do it with this boo ha ha ha. I'm the baddie stuff. You know, have her annoyed. I'm gonna do anything it takes now. I've I've had my title taken off me. I'm injured. Shoot, she's been saying all over Twitter that if she gets injured again, she's done. Have her say, I'm I'm not holding back now, I'm not being nice, I wanna this might be the last chance I ever get. Brilliant little story you've got. You wanna bring in Sky Smithson to either be the next challenger or you want to be to be the, the roadblock in the way for one of them, great. You've got all these options. All these great talents, all these options, and what are we doing? We're having freeways with Mickey James. Why? It's the women's division. I, I, I was so. Fair about the women's division for so long. I completely understood that Alex Winter's injuries meant that the plan had to be ripped up multiple times. But we're throwing away great opportunities here with this one. And it feels the same as the cruiserweight belt. Throwing away great opportunities. I just I just I, I don't understand. I think it's a bit of a shame, really. Next up we've got an interesting match. Um El Fantasmo and Shibata. Against the War Dogs, Dave Finley and Gabe Kidd. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty cool. Um, Shibata's a funny one for me. Shibata's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. If you say he's having a match now, like the match with like Orange Cassidy or whatever, I'm not particularly excited for it. But I'm always going to be excited to see him live. Uh, I think this is uh, El Fantasmo's is brilliant at the moment. I think Finley's having a good run. I like him. Uh, Gabe Kidd's just fantastic isn't he in this this bullet club persona he's just so aggressive and violent and brilliant I think that's um, that's absolutely fantastic Um, next up we've got undisputed British tag team title match it's subculture which is Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews against the Velocities Jude London and Paris De Silva two great teams I see no reason why that won't be a great match I'm a little bit cool on subculture, if I'm honest. I don't think they've, they're as red hot as they might have been. Like Again, to me, this is what I mean about the titles. I think it feels like at the minute with Red Pro that Quilden can book programs. You know, the stuff with Mills and Oku was great. The stuff with, um, with Maloney and Slate has been great. JJ Gale's little story's been great. But when it comes to titles, I mean... Previous to this, the Greedy Souls were the champions and they were having a great run. Shaky start, but they were having a really good run as the big, bruising, nasty tag team. Subculture beat them and now they're facing the Velocities. I don't know, would I have done the title change on this show? Because I can't see the Velocities winning this as great as they are. I can't see them winning this. You know, there's the impact thing now, isn't there? Because subculture of the impact champions. I don't know. I I just don't know if I would have done it this way around. Now, as much as I'm saying I want stories and I want my titles to have a bit of a story to them and I want, you know... I'm, I'm hesitant to say that, by the way, because I know now there's this thing. This is what the... The, the, the WWE ruin everything about wrestling, don't they? Um, Now they've co-opted the idea of I want stories in wrestling. Because when I say that now, I sound like I'm some weirdo, some absolute mouth breather who wants tribal chief stuff. I don't want that because that's not a, what a wrestling story is. I want good stories. It's So bizarre, isn't it, that people think story is just like the, B, the, the start and the finish of it. You know, they've completely forgotten in wrestling that we could have good stories and we could have bad stories. But anyway... There's some matches that just don't need anything and they can completely just tell the story in the ring um, using wrestling. And they're generally some of my favourite matches. And this one has the potential, to, again, to be a bit of a sleeper match this weekend. Tomohiro Ishii against Luke Jacobs. Now, I know Ishii's not quite what he was, but Jacobs is like the British Ishii. He's the barrel-chested, thick-skulled, chavvy... Idiot who you absolutely have to murder to pin. He might not win every match. He's probably never going to be a world champion. I mean, let's sack this. Let's just talk about Tomohiro Ishii. I think Ishii is one of the... He's running New Japan. He's one of the greatest runs ever. And you want to talk about a story. What a story. This guy, lower card all his life. Comes to New Japan, becomes the solid veteran hand. Becomes the solid working man. And he establishes this persona as somebody who you have to absolutely kill to put down. And he operates on this incredibly high level. He gets title shots. He comes close in G1s. He beats big names sometimes. And he's got he's established this idea of he's not like Tanahashi, who's doing it using ethereal talent. Ishii has not been given any gifts from the gods. What he's been given is work ethic and resilience and heart and guts. And that's the direction Luke Jacob's going in. He's he's not gonna be a guy who can b- wrestle you like Zack Sabre Jr he's not going to be the guy that's going to blind you with raw star power like Kenny Omega he's not going to be the guy who's capable of politicking his way to the top like people who shall remain nameless he's going to graft and fight and the fact they put these two together such simple booking just going yeah they're going to have a match and when you've Get that weight. And this is what's great about these promotions. And Tony Khan hit the nail on the head with, with this phrase of, we exist in the world of pro wrestling. And when you think of your company like that, you can do matches like this. And the fact it's going to be at the Copper Box is absolutely fantastic. I cannot, cannot wait to see it. Next up, we've got Zack Sabre Jr. against Ricky Knight Jr., um, I think this is probably going to be a little bit better than I, I feel it's going to be. I mean, Zack Sabre Junior. is Zack Sabre Junior. He's he's one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. I really do. I, I I think he's absolutely fantastic. Maybe it's because he 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 lives in a world that I um. You know, he, he sort of it's kind of that wig and snake pit kind of thing that I feel a little bit of an affinity to. It's he's able to take a very traditional British style of wrestling and modernize it and make it exciting for a new audience. He never feels like a throwback. He never feels like a tribute. You know, he, he feels contemporary and amazing. Um. Uh, and it, but it's Ricky Knight Junior. Do you know? I didn't really make the connection. Um, with Ricky Knight Jr. It was um, Ian Hamilton from BackBodyDrop.com and over the freeze who did. Um, and I think he's absolutely spot on that Ricky Knight Jr. is in a bit of a funny position of whether he's going to go the Red Pro route or the Progress route. And it's a little bit of a funny one, isn't it? Um, I feel like he's... I think Andy Quilder's in a bit of a difficult position because I think when he went away, and won the new progression series when he was Rev Pro champion, that, to me, kind of says a lot about him. You know, he's winning. uh, The the progression series is... uh, Natural progression series, sorry, is like the beginner's tournament. You know, it's like put you on the map kind of thing. He's the Rev Pro champion. Or, you know, he's in that, he wants to go to the top of the card for Red Pro. And he's doing that. I mean, if I was Andy, I wouldn't have booked him ever again. So, it's it's just, it's a weird thing to do. I mean, I don't think you've got to pick a side. And you can tell different stories. And there is a division between the two worlds. And, you know, we're all adults. We we could appreciate that. I just think it was, what a weird thing to do. What a bizarre thing to do. Is that where Ricky Knight Jr. sees himself? I'm sure this match is going to be good, though. You know, just just in and of itself, because they're both great workers. Next up, we've got Shingo Takaki against Will Ospreay. What do you need to say about this? What else can you say about this? It's going to be a great match, isn't it? It's going to feel like you're watching something special. They're two wrestlers who... Um, I think when they looked at the Voices of Wrestling Top 100 matches of the year last year, they were the two names on it more than anyone else. They just kept popping up and popping up and popping up. They're two wrestlers who understand a big situation. They never have a night off anyway. They always give their best. They're two of the best of all time. What else do you need to say? It's going to be absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? I, I can't... And I'm not worried about saying that because sometimes with matches, like the other matches that I've been excited about, I've kind of qualified them a little bit, haven't I? I've been... um...
0: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club... Off again, that's arena club.com slash vow net, arena club.com slash vow net for ten percent off your first purchase on Arena Club, and we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice the Wrestling Podcast. door is unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with Ufy video lock search Ufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's Ufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door
1: You know, I've been a bit, uh, you know, this might be the sleeper and, you know, just to sort of put a bit of a barrier between myself, even though I'm really excited about it. Don't need to do that with this match. I think it's going to be incredible. And then you've got the headline, Michael Oku against Trent Seven. My thoughts on Trent Seven have been well documented. I think he is a very difficult person to get behind now after the hang your head in shame stuff. Um, I think from sort of the British wrestling point of view maybe that's a bit of immaturity on my part I'll let you make that judgment and I, I, you're not mad if you say it. What I do think is um, is self-evident is that he's not great he's certainly not great in this kind of a position. We're talking about the headline. Of the biggest show they've ever done. And again. Look at what connects this to the other matches that seem really weird. A title. Trent Seven has stolen Michael Oku's title and ran off with it. I just don't get it. I just don't get why this is the match. Absolutely it should be Michael Oku. Absolutely, it should be Michael Oku in this position. I don't think you should put Osprey against Takagi in the main event because, as much as Osprey is a Red Pro guy, he doesn't feel as like that a lot, does he? He's more, of, he's, he's above that, really, isn't he? Feels like a New Japan guy. But Oku is Red Pro to his core, and he's they belted him up. They probably belted him up, knowing he was going to do this. And they've put him against Trent Seven in a half-hearted story. Come on. I'd have done Oku against Mills. That would have, have been ballsy. No, I wouldn't. It would have been stupid. But it would a nice dream for us Red Pro fans. I just, I can't get excited about that one. Oku against Trent Seven. And again, I'm sure it'll be alright. Because Michael Oku could have a good match with me. And I've got Spina Bifida. Trent Seven is a talented wrestler. He's a good wrestler. He's got a certain charisma about him. He's just not main event of your biggest show ever. He really isn't. So yeah, overall, I am excited. It's the bits when there's going to be a belt on the line that I'm not excited about. But saying that, the tag belt match... The tag belt match? (laughs) The tag title match is going to be really good. The Cruiserweight scramble is going to be fun. The British. It depends on the heel stuff with Alex Windsor for the women's title, and I think the British heavyweight title is going to be an okay match. I'm expecting that to be a three and a half star match. But there's more than enough on the card. With J.J. Gale, the Dan Maloney... Well, the J.J. Gale co-saber sheet thing, I think, will be will be interesting from a development point of view. But the Dan Maloney-Leon Slater match is going to be great. The E.C. Jacobs match is going to be great. The Takagi-Will Ospreay match is going to be great. Then, as a sweetener, you've got Sabre Jr. against Knight Jr. You've got the Shibatas on, uh, being on the card um, with El Fantasmo. There's a lot here to get really, really excited about. If you've not got tickets for this and you're in London and you're watching wrestling, what are you doing? This is the best British card we've seen in forever. Maybe ever. Name a show by a British company that's got a better card than this in the last 10 years. Well, anyway, let's look at what's going head-to-head with that. You've got Progress, It's Clobbering Time. A sneaky reference to CM Punk. The bell time for this is 4pm, so like I said, exactly head-to-head. It's at the Electric Ballroom. Um, Remember with this show, though, the tickets are a bit bit strange. You've got to buy tickets for the Defy show and this show. Um, It's not like it's two for one. You know, it's not like you get one ticket and you get two shows. You've got to buy two tickets, um, essentially. Uh, I, I, right. It's easy to laugh at progress, isn't it? Uh, it's easy to poke fun at them. Um, they they make it really easy, don't they? they? They don't. They're not doing a very good job. There's not much pro wrestling love there. Yeah. Um, But to me, the idea of going to this show instead of the Red Pro show is a little bit mental. Like I I think that it it would be a a really bizarre thing to do. Um, I understand, by the way, I, I do get that there is a bit of a divide between progress fans and the wider wrestling world sometimes, as in there are a lot of people who, and that's not a dig by the way, I know that sounds like an insult, I mean this in the sense that there are a lot of people who, it's not wrestling that they like necessarily, it's progress, and they are progress people, so I suppose if you're that person, you're probably not listening to a podcast like this so, you know, we're we're looking at it from the point of view of, am I going to see any interesting, interesting wrestling, Um so, let's have a look. I mean, look, you've got Nick Wayne against Leon Slater. um, Which is weird because he's on the Red Pro show as well, isn't he? So, he's double duty in the same night. Which, I, again, I kind of think if I'm Andy, I'm making people pick. But, you know, it's up to him, isn't it? It's not my business. Um, That could be a great match. I think Nick Wayne is really interesting. He's obviously very young. He's like 18, isn't he? But he's... he's uh, a very much an exciting prospect. You know, AEW signed wrestler and all that business. So, it's it's interesting to see him there. And I, I think that's going to be an interesting match to go back and watch if it's good. It's got Paul Robinson against Nathan Cruz, which I've got absolutely no time for. Lizzie Evo against Kanji. Well, that could be alright. I think Kanji's still got a little bit of her that's really good. Uh, kind of missed the boat with her. I don't think that's necessarily her fault. She was building up to something really big just before lockdown and the sort of stopped and it kind of it feels like she's not been able to get that momentum going again, really, which is is a bit of a shame because, like I say, she was on for doing something quite interesting. Um, but it doesn't look like that's happened. Um, then we've also got uh, Spike Trevay against Kid Lycos like 2. That could be terrible. That could be absolutely terrible. Um, Spike Treve is not good. Kid Like Us 2 himself has the chance to to do some really interesting stuff, but he just doesn't because he's he's determined to do the Kid Like Us stuff. Um, You've got a tag team match, Team Miller, someone Charles Crowley, Connor Mills, and Simon Miller against Team Tate. Again, I just... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in the opening scramble, isn't he, Connor Mills? But it just... I, I don't know. I just... I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing this double booking thing if I was Rev Pro, to be completely honest. Um, Lana Rostin against Raven Creed. Lana Austin's terrible. I used to really like her. I used to see her quite a lot because she's a Manchester-based wrestler and I'd see her in, in uh, places like Catch Pro and places like... Um, What's the one called the the training school in Salford that put shows on? She she used to be really good. This Lana Rostin karaoke annoying character. I've no time for it. Um, did like against Bullet? Yeah, fine. Uh, you've also had another double duty. Ricky Knight Junior against David Boy Smith Junior. That's probably going to stink, isn't it? And I don't know. David Boy Smith Junior does he have much to offer? I don't know. He's never been a wrestler that I particularly enjoyed. And then Spike Treveay versus Kid Lost, like us too. As we said, uh, the thing that's bothering me the most about this Progress Show, and this isn't Progress's fault. It's not Red Pro's fault. I guess it's the amount of double duties going on. Um, I, and I think that's from a bit of a selfish point of view. Which, by the way, I'm going to point this out before anyone says it because I, I can sort of feel this disingenuous argument bubbling. That is an absolutely valid position for a wrestling fan to take, by the way. I don't have to say, oh, I'm really happy that the wrestlers are getting two paydays if I'm going to go to one of the shows and it's going to take away from the show that I'm watching. I'd much rather these wrestlers were in a position to give it their absolute all at one show. I don't want to feel like my wrestlers are holding back at the show I'm watching because they're booked on another show at the same time. Logistically, this just feels like risks I wouldn't want to take. It's tricky because Leon Slater, Ricky Knight Junior, and um, who's the other one? I've literally just said him and um, Connor Mills are really important to Red Pro. Maybe he could have paid him more. I don't know. I, I doubt it. I have no idea, but this double duty thing, I'm not a huge fan of. Not a huge fan of at all. Then there's another Pro Wrestling Eve show. This is the uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Eve and Choco Pro together. So if you've got that um, on your list, there's something for you to enjoy there. In terms of entertainment that's around... At 11 o'clock, you could, if you decided to, go to Hooked on Wrestling's Wrestling Film Fest. Now, Hooked on Wrestling are Progress Adjacent. I think, I'm fairly sure it's the same company. It's like Wrestle Tours Progress, that sort of thing. They're all sort of linked. Uh, They're watching No Holds Barred, Beyond the Mat, and Ready to Rumble. No interest whatsoever. Um, And Hooked on Wrestling are doing a few events on the Saturday as well. They're doing the official after-party uh, for its clobbering time. And they've even put CM Punk hands with the X on in the thing. It's just really weird. Um, it's, uh, I think it's just like a club night. Um, they just It's a night of classic rock music and wrestling tunes with a hefty dose of power ballads. This is very, very much not for me in the slightest... <laughs> I can't imagine anything worse. Um, it really, really isn't for me at all. Um, I'll, they've said as well in the introduction, do you know the way Like progress and, and progress-adjacent stuff has a tone? And I've never been able to quite describe it, but this is it in a nutshell. It says, Twas the night before AEW all in, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. New paragraph. Well, let's put a bloody stop to that, shall we? Kind of the partridge thing to it, the feel. I mean, it's I'm, that's not why I don't want to go. It's this is I'm not. I do not go to clubs, and I do not enjoy them at all. My wife still does. And she does it every month. They do this power ballad thing in Manchester, and she'll stumble out with her mates. They're all like late thirties, early forties. They'll go and pretend they're at uni again. Stumbled back in at five o'clock in the morning. um, Absolutely steaming. Spent way too much money and had a lovely time. And I I think it's brilliant that she still does it. A little bit sad, you know, and I I make it clear that I think, you know, perhaps it's a little bit undignified for a woman of your age to be doing that. But you absolutely should be if that's what you want to be doing. Um, But, you know, I'm far too boring and stuffy and annoying and snobby to go to things like that. Um, At 10 o'clock, There's another hooked-on wrestling event. Um, This one is at the Coach House. And this one is called Karaoke Cokey with Lana Austin. And the tagline for this is, All in, all out, shake it all about. What's missing? Oh, karaoke Cokey. Cokey in big letters is a weird choice. I know it's okie-cokie, but just cokey. Come to this event, it's (laughs) cokey. It's a very very weird thing to advertise. Uh, Again, this sounds even worse, doesn't it? Uh, Karaoke with Lana Austin. No, thank you. that's the sort of thing, though, knock yourself out. I'm sure you'll have a great time. Um, And that's it for Saturday. Probably the busiest day, the day I'm most excited about. Um, I'm going to be obviously at the Red Pro show I think you can tell from my previews where my heart lies and what I'm a little bit more excited about, um, so if you do see me there, I'm actually going to that show on my own, uh, my wife's coming with me to all in, um, but she didn't fancy watching, <laughs> believe it or not, a full weekend of wrestling she just wanted half a weekend of wrestling um, so if you're there and you're about and you fancy um, you know, a chat about what makes a perfect cheese board, please let me know Um, DM me uh, at Eurograps Express um, and I'll see you there Um, let's get on to the big day shall we let's see what's happening on Sunday So we wake up on the Sunday, we're all excited. Uh, if the hours and hours and hours of All In aren't enough for you, there is a show from Coliseum Pro at 1 o'clock at the Stanley Arts Centre. Um, this is, a, a, again, a, a very sort of typical Brit rest show. You've got guys like J.J. Gale and Scotty rocks on there. Um, Joe Redman's on there, All Japan's Own. Um, one half of the or- inaugural NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, Joel Redman, Levi Muir's on there, who's really good it Looks like Connor Mills is booked to be on there Warren Banks, so you know a, a few names there, no matches that really stand out as being particularly amazing and, and worth getting but uh, worth getting to, but you know if you're about you might as well why not support them, Coliseum Pro, I've seen some good stuff coming out of them then we've got I suppose the reason why we're all there the reason why we've all got there um to, to all in um, it's a funny one this isn't it because a lot of people are talking there's a lot of debates online about whether or not this is been booked and been built to appropriately or whether it all just feels a little bit thrown together and a little bit of an afterthought and I'm sort of thinking about where I stand on this one because I'm an AEW fan I tend to watch AEW sort of Saturday mornings. I'll watch Dynamite usually. I, I save it till then um, and just watch it sort of as the house is getting going. You know, I'm a bit of a, I'm sort of a late, I, I don't sleep very much. I'm one of those weird people who seem to be able to operate on not very much sleep. So I go to bed late and I'm up early and I have a lot of dead time and I use AEW for that and I really enjoy it. And I'm starting to feel like as somebody who watches AEW a lot, That this doesn't feel perhaps as significant as it should do. First of all, like I sort of hinted at before, as the kids would say, you can miss me with certain arguments. You can absolutely miss me with any sort of, oh, well, they've got to book this and they've got to do that. And you don't want to do this is. If you're not going to book your big matches on the biggest wrestling show of the modern era in front of 80,000 people, then what are you saving them for? What are you saving your matches for? What's the big marquee match on this card? I mean, we can go through it, and, and we, we will do, obviously, but will that that's what I want to kind of be the question, is what's the big marquee match? And look, I'm going to say this now, and Grapple made this point um, last week, and it's a perfectly fine point. Yes, we're all going to go there, and we're all going to have a great time, and we're going to sit and watch it, and think it's fantastic. We're going to meet people, we're going to have a laugh. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere that we're all going to get into. We're going to do the silly chants and we're going to have a great time. But it's okay to look at this card and just go. I expected more. Do you remember when they announced this show and the talking point on this show from day one has been, what's the work rate match going to be? What's the big match that we're going to to look back on and say, that's one of the greatest matches of all time. And we were thinking about Osprey uh, Omega and we were wondering if we were going to get that one you know we're going to have to match the match that we were saying tony's going to want a marquee match and actually it's turned out that he doesn't really want a marquee match at this show he doesn't want the big moment for professional wrestling that we kind of expected him to want And that was a reasonable assumption that we were going to get that. This isn't, you know, this bizarre idea that wrestling fans just have to sit there and relax and vegetatively enjoy being spoon-fed whatever's given to them and just say thank you for it and not expect more. And I feel a little bit weird about saying this. I feel like I'm pissing in cornflakes. And I don't want to do that. And I don't want to give the impression that I'm not excited for this weekend and I can't wait to start driving down on, on Saturday. And, you know, I'm I'm buzzing to, to do it and to, to to be there. But sometimes when you do things like this and when you do anything in life and when you're part of any kind of organisation or you're in any sort of field, there are certain expectations set up that the, the bees on centre, that field has given us. And we expected, AEW have led us to believe that we would get more than this, I think. You would not, if you watch Dynamite this week, and I, I, I watch Dynamite most weeks, I, I'm not religious, and I, I can't say that I sit there and I watch it, you know, attentively like I watch a Red Pro show, but you wouldn't think that they were hosting the biggest wrestling show of the year next week. It's almost like there's no pride in that. It's like there's no sense of achievement from it. It's like no one's taken this challenge of going, okay, let's not only make this the biggest show, but make it the best show. And that is such a bizarre thing to me that that wrestling often seems to be missing that, and I thought AEW did it a little bit differently. And I know they often have these big things where they, that you know, things happen and 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 pay per views aren't always built to. And you look at like a Forbidden Door, and there was all sorts of trouble there, and they ended up doing these amazing shows. But it just feels like, as a fan, as a British fan, who's spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds to go and see this show, hundred, I've literally I've spent hundreds of pounds. I've not gone on holiday this summer. That's something that Grapple said actually in their period. And they're a lot more angry about it than I am, to be honest with you. I think, you know, I'm I'm a bit, a little bit below them. But they made the really valid point of that some people have given up a holiday. And I have. I've given up a holiday, really, to do this. I could have spent that money somewhere else. And I've spent it all on this big weekend. Because... I thought it was going to be a little bit more. And that's such a bizarre, a weird kind of, I feel weird saying it because I don't, I think it's going to be great. But I don't, I think it's bizarre. This is the point that I'm making. Is that I think it's bizarre that they don't want it to be the best show of all time as well. And I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not saying that you burn through every match. I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, and again, I'm I'm sort of doing it myself. I'm saying, yeah, but you've got All Out a couple of weeks later. But that's on them. They've decided when these shows are happening. No one forced you to do it now. It's it's really bizarre to me that this card ends up feeling like just a mid-level pay-per-view. It just feels like an okay AEW show that if I was... And again, yeah, I get it, because you're seeing a lot of the criticism is coming from Americans. And I know that sounds... Again, I'm not insulting anyone here. I'm actually the opposite. I'm saying I understand it. I understand that if you're looking at this at the point of view of, of having Sunday afternoon, having a few beers, putting a barbecue on, and watching it with your mates on the telly, I get that. But kind of the way it's been on the scene and what's happened since this was announced, it feels like more than that here. It feels like it should have been this huge, huge thing and it's just ended up up not being, really. Um, Oh, well, maybe it will be. You know, maybe I'm going to sound like an absolute fool when I listen to this after the show because it's been one of the best shows of all time. But anyway, we should talk about the actual matches that we're getting, shown with. So the first one we're getting is an ROH World Tag Team title match. It's also open against Adam Cole and MJF. Why Adam Cole and MJF are doing double duty here, I have no idea. I think this is a real shame. I think this, this would have been a chance to have a, just another great match on the show. You know, we don't need to have... Uh, um, I I, get, I mean, again, it's funny, isn't it? Because I'm not a huge Adam Cole and MJF fan. I appreciate MJF. I do. I think he's obviously a great promo. He's not necessarily somebody who I get particularly excited about watching wrestle. But AEW fans do. So, of course, you've got to book the AEW show. We said that last week. This should feel like... An AEW show through and through. It shouldn't be some sort of charity show to Brit Rest like people were talking about, you know, getting people on there, you know, just because they deserve it and all that. No, people, the AEW is the draw, so do an AEW show. But I just think this could have been a better match for Aussie Open it could have been something a little bit different. You know, we don't need to have Adam Cole and MJF doing double duty, I don't think. Is an exciting one. I'm into this one. CM Punk against Samoa Joe for the real world title. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's the... I'm getting nostalgic about my university days and thinking about watching CM Punk and Samoa Joe back in the day. I can't, yeah, I want to see it. I, I do. I can't. I, can. I, I kind of like, did you see Collision when CM Punk came out dressed as like a local jobber and just beat, <laughs> battered Samoa Joe. I went, I accept, bitch, and walked out. Like, yeah, I'm into that. I, I, I'm into that match. A match I am not into is Chris Jericho against Will Ospreay. And I don't know if this is going to be a little bit of a controversial opinion, an opinion that you don't really seem to hear very often. I'm kind of not interested in Chris Jericho. I'm at the point now where I don't really rate him. And I understand that you can't take away historical achievement. He's Chris Jericho, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's, He's obviously in that pantheon of wrestlers who he almost doesn't matter what they do now because they, they've they done enough the problem I have with Chris Jericho is that I feel like I can always see the cogs working he's blended that fourth wall of kayfabe not too much because I think a lot of great wrestlers can do that really well but he's done it in a really weird way like it's his thing to reinvent himself and come up with new characters because his whole thing is I'm such a good character. I can invent a new character. uh, Sorry, such a good wrestler. I can invent a new character and get it over. Look, aren't I great? And that to me is just a little bit too much. It's asking a little bit too much of a wrestling audience to go along with in a way that moves into this weird kind of postmodernism that I, I, again it's a bit a bit of a tricky one and i think a lot of it as well is will osprey could have had a great match with somebody will osprey could have had a great match with somebody he's on the same team as takeshta the same unit put him against someone like that Genuinely a better use of Osprey would if you because they've not really bothered building this story at all. A better story for Will Ospreay would have been to just let him go out and have the work rate match. I really believe that. I don't know what's happening with Pack. I don't know if the injury is still there. Os- you know, that'd have been perfect. Go down the list. Just just have a big work rate match. Claudio. Pick a name. Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks. I know Ricky Starks is is out, but you know what I mean? Like, there's people you could just throw him together in a match with that would be better than this, because I'm sure it's going to be fine. I I do, I just... It's just not exciting, is it? It's just not an exciting match to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're sitting there going, I can't wait to see that match. But to me, it's just it's just not exciting. And I thought the angle was terrible to build to this match. Did you see it on Dynamite when they did this thing where it was a he was waiting to see Don Callis was waiting to see if Chris Jericho was going to join his his his, his, his um the, the Don Callis family. a uh, Don Callis when yeah, uh, sorry, Chris Jericho went, yeah, I'm going to join the family. And then there was just a painting at the side, and Chris Jericho went, oh, what's that? And he took the the cloth that was covering this painting, and it was a picture of Don Callis with Chris Jericho's head. And I'm like, watching it going, this is utter trash. Who Whose idea was this? I want him to join my team, but I'm going to get a painting commission just like mental, absolutely mental. Mental, mental story. And then Chris Jericho goes, well, no, I'm not because of this painting. And then Chris Jericho's the baby face. You were going to join him? Bizarre. And then Will Ospreay just comes out and attacks Chris Jericho, and now that's the match. And let's be honest, Chris Jericho is of a certain age. He needs a bit more of a story than this if he's going to tell a compelling match because this is going to be... Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Then we've got a stadium stampede match with everybody on it. Best friends, Eddie Kingston, Lucha Bros, uh, Blackpool Combat Club, and then a mystery team. I really hope at some point, some, while they're in the country, take John Moxley to Blackpool. I think we should see pictures of John Moxley riding the big one. Google that, by the way, if you're an American and you don't know what I'm talking about. The British, like, I guarantee to everybody from Britain, particularly the north of England, when I say go to Blackpool and ride the big one, everybody in Britain would not have batted an eye. That is a phrase that is perfectly acceptable in polite company. You could say that to your grandma, I'm going to go to Blackpool and ride the big one. And she'd go, have a lovely time. Um,. But again, this this match just feels really thrown together. The stadium stampede match, I'm again actually, I'm sure it will be exciting though. To be honest with you, like thrown together and good is is fine by me. To be honest with you, for certain matches, you know, yeah, would it have been better to see Eddie Kingston higher up the card or John Moxley higher up the card? Yeah, probably. But having a throwaway exciting match with stars in is good. I think the problem is, and we'll see this as we go through the card, that comes up a little bit too often. There's a little bit too much of John Moxley's doing that. Eddie Kingston's doing that. Claudio's doing that. Do you know what I mean? And again, you can't have everybody at the top of the card, but it it just feels a little bit B-showy, this, when you look at matches like that. Then you've got a six-man tag match, Bullet Club Gold uh, with Sikeshda against the Golden Elite. Can't believe this is what Kenny Omega's doing. I mean, the promo to build this one, again, was awful. I think Kenny Omega's always been a pretty shaky promo. But it was just a really bizarre segment. And then it cut to the hospital that was clearly just the back of an arena with um, Adam Page giving a really bad promo. Don't really get this. And again, I'm looking at this thinking, is Jay White doing that? Is Kenny Omega doing that? I don't know. I mean, even a straight tag would have been better. Even Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, and Jay White and Juice Robinson, with Adam Page in something a little bit more significant. And there's a lot of names on here that you could make an amazing card of. And if you're Tony Khan and you don't want to finalise your matches until the week before and do a last-minute build, there's no excuse really, is there? If you're going to throw them together anyway, throw them together in something great. Then it's Darby Allen and Sting against AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. I, I think that'll be a good match, a Coffin Tag Team match into that. Again, the title match is happening on the next pay-per-view, which again is fine. He's fine if there's something else to sort of weigh the scale on the other side. It feels like this is a bit road to it at this point to me. There's a women's four-way title match. Shida, uh, Ikaru Shida, Soraya, Tony Storm, Britt Baker. It's a four-way match. Uh, no, It's a four-way, isn't it? Is it going to be great? I I, I doubt it. Then you've got FTR against the Young Bucks. I know (laughs) FTR hair has had a little bit of trouble this week. Assuming he can get in the country, I've I've seen suggestions that he will be able to. It's not, you know, on that level. Um, That's an exciting match to me. That that is very much an AEW match that I want to see. It's the third match of a trilogy. Yeah, like there's no reason to think that that won't tear the house down. And then the main event I'm a bit conflicted about... It's MJF against Adam Cole. And again... I can sort of give you the reasons why this match... I might not be super excited about. But... This is AEW, isn't it? And that's... It feels like they're two stars that people really love. I kind of hate the build to this. I know MJF booked himself... But the weird comedy the double clothesline stuff I don't find it funny and I think what it is is it feels like this is something a major star like MJF does when he's lost the title and he's on the wind down before the heat him back up again except he's got the title This. Too many weird bits about this story. Like there's a bit on Dynamite this week where Adam Cole is looking like he's getting ready to attack MJF to hint that, you know, there's going to be this big fall, which, actually, you know, we could all see. The story's a bit too obvious, isn't it? Unless they swerve us at the last minute. But he's doing this, preparing to attack and swerving us on telly in front of 5,000 people on Dynamite. It's asking too much of me of suspension of disbelief. You know, that that he's doing it as if he's not going to find out. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. But listen, we're watching wrestling together with 80,000 people. 80,000 people. It's a headline of a what looks like going to be a really exciting rest of the weekend. And look, in my eyes, the peaks and the troughs are all part of it. You know, this idea of wondering what it's going to be like, being critical of this bit, being excited about this bit, wondering if this bit's going to deliver, wondering if that bit's going to deliver. This is part of it. This is part of the enjoyment of it. And this is what I feel sometimes. And I, again, I don't do the online drama thing very often. But I think this is what the toxic positivity crowd, and you know, this, oh no, you've got to be excited about it. You've got to be excited about every little element. This is what they're missing. They're missing the joy that comes from that excitement and the trepidation and the nervousness and the criticality and the surprises, the ups and downs, the emotional roller coaster, feeling something, really feeling something. And that's what this weekend's going to do for us, I think. Let's briefly have a little look about uh, what's going on around um, the event. You've got all in it. I think that's pretty much it for non-wrestling stuff. I was really—this is Grapple App, by the way—the fantastic Grapple App, and they're doing a live show. Big pit, i mean, no, though no, it's going to be a piss-up, isn't it? From twelve o'clock onwards, you know, they're going to be drinking beer and talking about soccer. Um, I was—I really wanted to go to this, and I—I I should have known. I know Benno's an old worker; he's a train worker, um, and he was saying that this is going to sell out. You know, if you want tickets, you've got to get your tickets soon. And I went, yeah, all right, he's working. I'll, I'll get him when I get paid. I'll, I won't spend the money now. I'll spend it later. And he went and sold out. But I, I think if you're around, that's going to be a really great um, thing to go to. If you're still around on the Monday, there's a Hooked on Wrestling show, uh, which has got Will Cruz against Bad Bones on it. Uh, this is at the Dome. This is part of Hooked on Wrestling. And it's a tag team Tom Bowler. I don't know how that's going to work. I assume it's going to be like a, you know, you, you, you get your, um, it's like mixed partners or something. I don't know. Um, there's also a fan park at Wembley from two o'clock. I don't really understand what that is. Big event that looks really exciting. A live podcast with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez on the Sunday at 10 o'clock. Um, that's sold out though. I think I probably would have gone to that to be honest with you, but, but it's, it's completely sold out. Um, Sunshine Machine are doing a bottomless brunch beach ball bingo bonanza what no no and then on Monday to top it all off there's the magic of Nigel McGuinness which I shan't be attending Uh, but that is the weekend at All In let's wrap things up So that's it. That's all in weekend. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. There's going to be lots of stories uh, coming out of it, lots of significant moments, and and I think a a handful of really great matches too. Um, We've gone through absolutely everything, so I hope you've got your path to greatness sorted out. Um, Like I say, mine's the Red Pro Show and um, and obviously All In. Um, I think, though, as well, what I'm just as excited about, this is so sad. But my wife has to work down in London quite a lot. So we're going to stay probably on the Monday. um, And she's going to work on the Tuesday in London because she's got uh, offices in London that she has to visit. And I've basically got the day in that London to myself. And I've never been to like the British Museum or, or the Natural History Museum or something. So I'm just going to go to one of them. And I think that's what I'm most excited about. And, you know, I've, I've lunch somewhere really weird, like the cereal bar or, um, I don't know, I wonder if there's some sort of cheese place that I could try out on the Tuesday. Who knows? Uh, I'm very excited. But I, what I'm going to try and do, obviously these episodes are every fortnight. I'm going to see if I can... Uh, ask the boss if I can do an extra episode next Monday, just talking about everything and hopefully maybe get some guests on here too and and see what people thought of it because I'm meeting a lot of the Voices of Wrestling crew down there as well. Um, I hope you have a great time I hope you have a wonderful weekend um, down at All In. If you're around just DM me on Twitter or in the Discord, uh, Voices of Wrestling, Eurograps Express, if you're around and we could meet up, that'd be really cool too Um, Have a great time and I'll see you in a couple of weeks go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.